In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain where they could be alone by themselves. They were in their presence when he was transfigured. His clothes became dazzlingly white, whiter than any earthly bleacher could make them. Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter spoke to Jesus. Rabbi, he said, it is wonderful for us to be here, so let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. And a cloud came covering them in shadow, and there came a voice from the cloud. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Then suddenly, when they looked around, he saw no one with them anymore but only Jesus. As they came down from the mountain, he warned them to tell no one what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They observed the warning faithfully, though among themselves they discussed what rising from the dead could mean. And they put this question to him, Why do the scribes say that Elijah has to come first? True, he said, Elijah is to come first and to see that everything is as it should be. Yet how it is that the scriptures say about the Son of Man that he is to suffer grievously and be treated with contempt. However, I tell you that Elijah has come, and they have treated him as they pleased, just as the scriptures say about him. The Gospel of the Lord The scene of the Transfiguration is recorded in all four Gospels and alluded to in the Epistles. The three synoptic gospels vary considerably in the exact language that they use to describe our Lord's appearance. It is difficult to know what it would have looked like had we been there and filmed it on our iPhones. But what the gospel writers wanted to know is its significance. Where Matthew and Luke focus on the Lord's face, clearly calling back to the time of Moses' similar experience on Mount Sinai, Mark's emphasis is on his garments. Mark's emphasis connects with the Old Testament language of God as clothed in light. Our Lord Jesus is depicted here not just as a mediator between the human and the divine, like Moses, but he is the very visible manifestation of the presence of the divine. There are striking connections with Moses' encounter with God on Mount Sinai in the book of Exodus, where he ascends a mountain with companions that is an overshadowing cloud and a revelation of God's glory. But although there are parallels here with Sinai, there are also key differences. The glory of Moses' face was reflected glory, which faded with time. But the glory of Jesus here is a revelation of who he really is, and continues even when a vision has passed. This is not so much a transformation as a pulling back of the veil of flesh to reveal the true nature of the Son of Man. The key difference, though, is that 
where Moses is the focus of transformation in the Sinai account, here the focus is Jesus, and he is radiant with the glory of God himself. Moses and Elijah are often thought to represent the Law and the Prophets, representing the revealed scriptures, the very scriptures our Lord came to fulfill. The mysterious circumstances of Moses' death and burial on Mount Nebo and Elijah being taken up to God on a to God on the chariot of fire earned them the title of the deathless ones. The presence of Jesus is an anticipation of our Lord's own conquest of death. They also signify the rescuing of God's people from slavery to freedom, Moses, and the call to faithfulness in the case of Elijah. Both encountered God on the mountain, Sinai, or Horeb, and both experienced rejection and suffering at the hands of God's own people, which makes the connection between the suffering our Lord has just spoken of and the glory which he will receive. Peter's clumsy interjection, offering to make shelters and capture the moment, could be interpreted as him wanting the experience to persist. He has not yet understood that this is a drawing back of the curtain, giving him and the other two a glimpse of the heavenly reality of who Jesus really is. But the theophany which follows immediately, the cloud overshadowing them, makes clear the significance of this event. The Father wishes to reveal the identity of his Son. The voice of God here echoes what was said at our Lord's baptism. And this time there is no ambiguity as to whether the words are addressed to Jesus or to those watching. The audience of the three disciples are commanded or invited to listen to him. Jesus is not simply one like Moses or Elijah. He far transcends them as the son of the living God, the one in whom we encounter God's own presence and glory. By our Lord's transfiguration, the appearance of Elijah and Moses and the voice of the Father are not able to remove the disciples' puzzlement. They still do not understand the significance of this vision or insight, and indeed they will not until they have begun to make sense of Jesus' death and resurrection. They are slowly putting together the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle of Jesus' identity and how he is fulfilling the purposes of God. We, however, have the advantage. We are like those who have been given the puzzle box with a finished picture on the outside so that we can see with hindsight where the pieces fit together. This sense of the transcendent in erupting into the mundane is an important reality of the Christian faith. Merely rooted in the familiar and reality of our daily affairs, although important so as not to lose touch with reality, can take an exacting toll on us. We need to also keep our gaze on the goal, our final destination, to be filled with the hope of the resurrection after death, victory after defeat, eternal happiness after sojourning through the valley of tears. Without keeping our focus on this vision, anyone can lose hope and fall into despair. And that is why St. Paul invites us to keep our gaze on the Lord. Quote, and we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is Spirit.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.